Welcome to Living Wisely, Living Well, timeless wisdom to enrich every day with Asha Nayaswamy, one of the spiritual directors of Ananda Palo Alto and a founding member of Ananda Worldwide. If you enjoy this content and are inspired by the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda and his disciple Swami Kriyananda, find Asha on YouTube, Facebook, all podcast directories, and her website, ashajoy.org. Living Wisely, Living Well, September 9th. Be modest, be even self-effacing, but don't belittle yourself. Self-deprecation brings a focus on the ego. There should be neither superiority nor inferiority complex. Concentrate on the what of things, not on the who. <laughs> the what, not the who. And that's the way Swami, you know, what's been created, not who created it. The value of what's been done, not the one who did it. There's a very interesting point here because a lot of people think humility means that you have to constantly be putting yourself down. Um, Master's definition of humility was self-honesty, which is a a tremendously powerful thing to to, uh, consider and to really meditate on. Self-honesty is just, it's the way things are. See, see, ego, especially egoism or egotism, is to, to distort reality, to take what's true and then distort it. Everybody has an individual self. Everybody has an ego. Even a, a master, an avatar, takes a body. He has an individual ego. He has, he has ego means the infinite, the infinite identified with the limited. And for an avatar to take a body, for a great saint to take a body, there has to be sufficient identification with that body to create it in the first place, and then to activate it, to live appropriately through it. There has to be some kind of a personality that manifests in this world, or else you're not in this world. So the the fact of having an ego is just a fact. When it becomes a problem is when the fact that I have an ego, that I meaning that I have an individuality that expresses in, in this world, that's a fact that that ego is more important than somebody else's ego, that it needs to be praised all the time, that it has a special importance in the great scheme of things, that I should be treated a certain way because of all the good things I do. That, that's when it becomes a problem because that's not true. It's just not true. But if that ego, that individual spark, happens to be extremely talented at at playing the violin or something like that. It is talented at playing the violin. And there's nothing uh, egoic about knowing that I can play the violin beautifully. It becomes egoic when somehow I wish to be treated in a special manner or considered better than everyone else because I play the violin. Now bear in mind also making yourself worse than everyone else is also untrue because we're all equal in the eyes of God. Now, if you're not very good at the violin, you're not very good at the violin. That's just honesty. But, oh, I'm not good at the violin. I'm so terrible at the violin. Then it becomes egoic, because it's taken what was really just a simple fact, and now has made it, now in this case, a cause for great despair, or or nobody will like me because I'm not good at the violin, or whatever, guilt or fear, whatever it is. And so it's dishonest. It's not just seeing things as they are and behaving accordingly. Swami's mother was a very gifted violinist, and actually she met his father. They were both from Oklahoma. This would have been like at the the turn of 
Swami was born in 1926, so it was probably about 1920 that his parents met, maybe a little after that. They met in Paris. He was there, uh, he was an oil geologist working around the world, and she was, had gone to Paris to study the violin, and that's where they met. Later in her life, she got an infection in uh, one of her fingers, and as a consequence of that, it must have been the left hand, as a consequence, she wasn't able to play as well. So for a while, she didn't play, but then she said to, to her son later on, on, she said, if something is worth doing, it's worth doing badly. So she couldn't play as well as she had played, but she still loved to play. So that was just like, this is what's happened now. And she, she didn't allow it that if I can't play the best, I will never play at all. Of course, it was frustrating for her. Swami said later, he was too young to appreciate what it meant to her to lose that skill. But she took up the piano and she found other ways to be musical. Just that particular thing. She became a mother and other things began to happen. But... Uh, what we're working with, I, there was a woman friend of mine, she's a friend, but she had a false idea of what real humility was, and she had a, a, a false, you know, her, her ego ex expressed in reversed, in reverse. She did not understand this. She was always having to, she was always d deprecating and belittling herself, and I remember this exchange that we had. She was a musician, she played an instrument very beautifully, and Every time I would compliment her on her beautiful music, she would say, well, I didn't really play that very well. You know, it didn't come out the way I wanted. I made lots of mistakes, or it wasn't very good. And I sort of would go through this a few times. And of course, as soon as she said that, I had to say, oh, yes, it was good. You play beautifully. It's real." So it's like one compliment wasn't enough. She had to force me to compliment her over and over again, which is, as Swami says, self-deprecation often draws more attention to you because then everybody has to rally round and tell you how good you are. Now, is this like a subconscious effort to build yourself up? I don't really, I'm not going to go that far, but it's not true. And finally, I said to her, this is really, let me explain to you what's happening here. You play, I think, beautifully, so I say you, that you played beautifully. You tell me that you actually played badly. So what you're really saying is that I don't have the discrimination to know whether you played well that I thought you played well, but actually I'm such a Philistine that it was actually a bad performance. So I compliment you and you insult me. And, it, you know, that got her attention. I said, just gracefully say, I'm glad you enjoyed it. If you think it was really bad, you don't have to say, oh yes, it was my best performance so far. But don't tell me it was your worst. Just say, I'm glad you enjoyed it. That doesn't even acknowledge that it was good or not. It's that you are glad that I enjoyed it. Be truthful. And that's what real humility is, and that's what Swami's saying there. Be modest. Don't tell everyone that you're terrific. Just like that. When, when, you, when somebody says something nice to you, because I speak a lot in public, and sometimes people enjoy what I say, but I don't want to be, um, I don't want to be building myself up, and I certainly don't want to be dependent on you know, waiting after every talk to see if people tell me they like it or not. And if they don't tell me I like it, then I have to be crushed with disappointment. And only if they do tell me they like it, do I feel good like this. I mean, just, it's a crazy, it's crazy making. So you have to be careful at all times. One of my friends has a wonderful sense of his own unimportance in things. And whenever anybody, he's, he's a minister and a spiritual teacher, and he's exceedingly gifted in what he does. But whenever anybody 
certainly the way the way he said the way he deals with compliments is is in his mind oh yes something inspiring happened and i got to be there <laughs> because if it was an inspired experience he's also a musician and sometimes when he plays it's he just loses himself in the beauty of what he's doing because he's very good at it and he knows that it's beautiful he's enjoying it as much as everyone else is that's one of the reasons why we like his his music so he can't honestly say it wasn't good but he doesn't want to say yes yes i do have a gift i'm so glad you noticed so his his feeling is always something beautiful happened and i got to be there you know it's, it and it's true something beautiful did happen and he did get to be there and he doesn't make cause and effect relationship because in fact it was beautiful because he got out of the way that's the most fun thing about success of any any real success that's based on attunement not just on egoic uh, imposition on the world it is beautiful and it is successful to the extent that you are not involved so when people compliment you there's no there's no effort to be modest there's just an absolute understanding that what was good was not my responsibility so one can just accept it it just it just goes right through you swamiji um talked about once when one of the congregation members when he was a young monk in SRF said to him oh that was such a beautiful talk and as master had taught us swami said god is the doer meaning he acts through me and he said the woman said really and swami said as if to say i knew it was good but i didn't know it was that good she didn't understand what he was saying which is that it's through attunement and then inspiration comes but that inspiration is not doesn't belong to the ego and then what amuses me i watched it in him and to some extent it happens to me it happened to him a lot more as soon as he would just give the credit elsewhere where all credit was due people would be determined that he would take some credit yes but god needed an instrument you know somebody had to be the one you were the channel finally you just throw up your hands you throw up your hands in just honesty just self honesty yes it was very inspiring if it hadn't been inspiring if it hadn't been beautifully done i should work harder to be more in tune <clears throat> to make it so but at the same time we don't do it anything that we do if we're doing it to show off how good we are if we're doing it for the sake of it being good that's the opposite of what the gita suggests what the gita says is nishkam karma which is action without desire for the fruits that the the honest and therefore humble um way to approach things is of course we should work at it until we can do it as well as we can absolutely as well as we can but as well as we can means with as much attunement and therefore as much sense of the flow of the divine so that when it's finally done one can honestly say i didn't do it just as simple as that but you don't have to constantly tell people that especially if they don't understand because then you get them they start fighting with you about somebody had to be the instrument so you just quietly and honestly in yourself just accept what people say and then find a nice way to answer and you know for me what has been very helpful both in taming any inclination i would have to take credit and also being gracious I'm so glad you enjoyed it. And 
if I myself also found it inspiring, I can sometimes say, yes, it was a lovely morning, wasn't it? You know, just like, be honest. If, if I did feel, you know, very uplifted or, or something, and then give credit to others. I mean, because often my context is like a Sunday service. Oh yes, the whole service was beautiful today. Wasn't the chanting marvelous? Wasn't the singing marvelous? And so it's not self-deprecating, but it's also being modest and just giving the energy somewhere else. Because I also know that. When I, when I have a 30-minute part of a service that's an hour and a half, you know, it's, it, the whole experience is what made it lovely for them. Isn't this a beautiful setting? What a lovely night for a concert. It was a particularly receptive audience. These are all ways to deflect the energy, to be humble, even self-effacing. You know, of course, it's very easy to speak after someone sings so beautifully. You just, you just take it off of you. Or under the stars on a summer night like this, you know, anything would sound beautiful. And, and then you don't, you don't, people don't have to start building up your ego. But you've also nicely dodged the bullet, which is really what we want. Because it, for first of all, the more proud we get of what we're doing, the more likely we are, we are to lose the gift. And then also whatever we do well will just become a trap. And, and usually we do lose the gift if we start thinking about doing it well, because then we're not thinking about what we're doing anymore. We're thinking about doing it well. Swamiji talked about he said he's never had writer's block except one time when someone wrote to him and told him that he was absolutely certain that Swamiji had been William Shakespeare in a past life. Now recently I heard that Swami said he actually was William Shakespeare in a past life, but I never heard Swami say that to me. But he said it straight out to someone else, so what do you know? It's quite possible. I'm just going to throw that out there and just leave it. But... Someone had told him that he was William Shakespeare in a past life. So he was writing. He sat down to write that day, whatever he was writing. And the thought came to his mind, mustn't disappoint my public. And then he sat down and he wrote a sentence and no, that didn't seem right. And he changed it and it didn't seem right. And he changed it and it didn't seem right. He said he did it about five times. He just couldn't put words together. And then he realized the thought in his mind that he was William Shakespeare and therefore he had this obligation to meet a certain standard, which is totally paralyzing him. So he laughed at himself and just threw the idea out of his head, and then suddenly everything just flowed as it always flows. So it's also a wise action in terms of anything that even in humility we know is a God-given talent. If we want to keep it, be modest, be self-effacing, but don't put yourself down. There was a famous violinist who played a concert in a A fan said afterwards, I'd give my life to be able to play the violin like that. And the violinist said very simply, I have. So if you've given your life to something, you have. There's no point in belittling your effort. But you're the best violinist on the planet, and in a hundred years, who will remember you? And what's a planet anyway? There's billions of galaxies. But still, I've given my life to it. And as a consequence, I do know how to play. Just a fact. Nothing to be, uh, to distort reality for, but nonetheless, it's true. So, be modest, be even self-effacing, but don't belittle yourself. Self-deprecation brings a focus on the ego. There should be neither superiority nor inferiority complex. Concentrate on the what of things, not on the who.
Joy to you. Our work is made possible by inspired listeners. So if you feel to support Asha, you can make a one-time donation or for unique members-only content, subscribe through Patreon. Blessings and thank you.